privilege of working with um, in literature ministries here at the conference, and so I'm, I work very closely with Joseph, and uh, it's good to see some friends here. My, my wife is here as well. Always good to have her with me all the time. Um, but, uh, you know, this, this morning, uh, I'm going to be sharing a message. If you can see the title there, it's called um, Why God Permits Trials and How We Can Face Them. How many of us go through trials? You know, sometimes we come to church and we shake our hands and we're, we tell each other that we're okay, right? But in reality, this could be us. We're going through things. We all go through things in life. And um, I thought about this sermon. I, I was uh, thinking about it a lot, especially um, because of, of recent situations with one of our friends, Maverick, um, who we're going to have his memorial service this afternoon and uh, just thinking about the trials and, and suffering that we go through in this life and we, how we look forward to the second coming. So I just pray that this will be a blessing to us and that it will inspire faith in us and that it will give us some context when we're going through suffering so we can overcome. Amen? So why don't we begin with a word of prayer? I'm going to pray again. Lord Jesus, once again, I simply invite your Holy Spirit that your Spirit will guide this morning. In your name, amen. 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 If you open the, the Word with me to the book of Acts, go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 14, and we're going to look at verse 22. Acts 14 and verse 22. Let me know when you're there. You know, Paul here, he's actually, he's preaching to the disciples, and he's actually preaching to some of the, the new believers People who just started becoming Christians. And, and he's actually giving them some counsel on how they can grow and how they can become strong Christians. In this context, this is verse 22. Acts 14, 22. Are you there? Okay, and it says, Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them. Some other versions say, instead of confirming, it might say strengthening, right? Yours might say strengthening strengthening the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. This is an interesting verse because it's stating that in, it, he's trying to strengthen them, but by strengthening them, he tells them, you know what, you're going to go through hard things in life. You're going to have trials. It's, it's interesting. Imagine this. Imagine that you come to church this Sabbath morning and you hadn't prepared anything at home, a meal, Sabbath meal. And someone comes to you and says, hey, by the way, there's an extra 30 people today and they have nowhere to eat. They're visitors. We want them to go over to your house. How would you feel about that? It's like, no thanks, right? That would be a trial for some of us. But if that were to happen, that's how you would feel, right? <laughs> But if, if that were to happen, that would be very difficult. But what happens if someone tells you, say, a month or two months in advance? Hey, by the way, there's going to be a special visitors coming. It's going to be about 30 of them. But you have two months to prepare. How would you feel that way? It would be... It's better, right? <laughs> it would still be better. But this is, this is what Paul is doing here. It's kind of interesting. It's as if, you're, as if he, he warns us beforehand, and it helps us to be able to take it in better. If you know that you're going to have trials in this life, 
it's somehow better for us to be able to deal with it. Like we know beforehand that we're going to have trials. Are you with me? Um, look at this verse here. This is a, one of the famous verses that we, we read a lot, and it's, it's a powerful verse. But notice what it says. It says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Expect it. As Christians, we will have tribulation, right? We have to expect it. And when we expect it, we understand it. It helps us to cope with it a little better as we start. Even Jesus says, in uh, John 16, 33, he says, in this world you will have tribulation. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen? Amen. Praise God for Jesus. Now, let me ask you a question as we start here. I'm going to talk a little bit about the great controversy theme in order for us to understand suffering a little. Um, but we're, we're not going to go into much detail because it's so broad but we'll try to condense it here is the world that we live in today is it a good place the world is not a good place there's good things that happen in the world right there's a lot of good but the world it's full of lying full of pain full of cheating it is not god's plan it is not God's plan. Was, this, was it always this way? We ask ourselves, and we look in Genesis, and, and it's kind of interesting. In Genesis, we see when God created, after every single day, after every day, He said it was good. It was good, it was good. He said it six days. And then the seventh day, He said it was very good. At the end of His creation, after He saw everything and stood back and saw what He created, He said it was very good. That was God's intention for this world. Now, is it this way now? It is clearly, clearly not good. The world is not good. So what happened? I, I think one of the ways, and you can study this out more at home, um, one of the ways that we understand this is in the parable of Matthew 13. There's, there's several parables there, but one of the parables talks about a man. Um, there's some different characters in this story. There's a, there's a man, there's fields, there's weeds, and then there is what? And then there's an enemy. Um, are you familiar with this story? Yeah, and we don't have time to read through all of it. We'll read some verses here. Uh, so go with me to Matthew 13. Go with me to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Let me know when you're there. All right, faster. Matthew 13. This is a powerful story. But, you know, the Bible, as you study the Bible, it, it really interprets itself, and it tells us who these people are. So basically what happens, there's a man, and he planted some good seed, and, uh, but something happened. Now notice this. Let's, let's read there, verse 24. Verse 24. Are you there? It said, Another parable he put forth unto them, and, and a parable is just a story that illustrates some greater spiritual truth, right? Um... The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which soweth, what kind of seed? Good seed in the field. Doesn't that sound familiar? It sounds like Genesis, right? Good seed. He planted something good in the field. But when, while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade sprung up and brought forth fruit, there appeared the tares also. Now notice this, notice this, verse 27, 
So the servant of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in the field? From when hence hath it tares? So in other words, this man planted good seed. He planted good seed, right? And then all of a sudden, there's bad seed. Something bad happened. So his servant comes over and said, Hey, didn't you plant good stuff? Like, didn't you just plant good? Why is there evil, in other words? And the response of this man is this. He said unto them, an enemy hath done this. This illustrates, man, the man here is, is Jesus. Jesus is the man here. He is the one that's planted. He's the one that created this world in the field. The world is a field, the Bible says. And the weeds is, is sin and evil in this world. And the enemy is Satan himself. Are you seeing this? This is, this is this parable of Matthew 13. And it's interesting because the man says an enemy had done this. In other words, he takes no blame for evil in the world. And this is crucial for us to understand. There is evil in this world. It is not a perfect world right now. But this was not God in, what God intended. It's because we are in a great controversy battle between good and evil that, this, that evil occurs. Do you want to know what God's thoughts are towards you and towards humanity? Do you want to know that? This is his thoughts towards us. Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Amen? This is, this is actually God's thoughts towards us. Why is there evil then? That is our question. And we, we notice this. We don't have time to talk about the gold great controversy theme. You need to go back and study it. It's really, really interesting. Um, but basically, this is what happened. The war in heaven, if you, you study that out, God did not produce evil, but he's permitting it. He's permitting it because he is on trial right now in the great controversy theme. God does not produce, but he permits for a reason. Are you with me? with me so far? Um, how many of you are familiar with this psalm? It's a beautiful psalm, huh? Psalm 23. Go with me to Psalms 23. Psalms 23. You know, this, this is a beautiful psalm, and every time I read it, more and more, it's like, it's more meaningful, especially when we're going through stuff. If we're really honest with ourselves, sometimes we go through stuff that other people don't even know we're going through, right? We go through things and we keep it inside. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And notice this verse, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. It's, it's different when you know that God is leading you through suffering, right? I like to say it like this, confidence in God's leading brings courage in crisis. Are you with me? Confidence in God's leading brings courage in crisis. We can face it a little more when we know if we know there is a purpose behind our trials, they are easier to deal with. Isn't that true? Have you experienced that in your life? So today, 
going to be very simple. We're going to share four reasons why trials can actually be a blessing to us. You think that's possible? Trials can be a blessing to us? Well, we're going to look at that today. You know, we all go through things. If we were to talk here today and find everyone's life story, we would find out that everyone's been through things. Everything, everyone's been through stuff, right? And God is trying to teach us things through those things, and we have to realize that. You know, this past Tuesday was what day of the year? New Year's Day, right? Uh, New Year's Day, the first day of the year. It's a new beginning. You know that a few years ago, that day, for me and my family, will never be the same. It's not a happy day. We lost our father that day. And that's the reason why I became a Christian. It's another story. But we go through things in life. And it's, it's not a happy moment. And I'm, I'm going to share with you a testimony of our family, um, especially my mom. Um, through, through this situation, during when my father passed away, my mom was actually on, on dialysis. How many of you know what dialysis is? Yeah? You're familiar? Maybe you have family who have had dialysis. Dialysis is, is a really terrible disease. Kidney failure. My mom was on dialysis for six years. It was a very long time. Six, almost seven years she was on dialysis. And I remember waking up sometimes when, when uh, we were there at the house and she could not breathe because the previous night, previous day she had drank too much water and she couldn't breathe. So we had to rush her to the emergency room and uh, they would have to uh, take some water out of her lungs and so forth. And, and it, it's a terrible disease. We had to go in three times a week for about four hours. And basically a machine cleans out your blood and uh, puts it back in. That's what it does. And uh, it's a very hard thing. She, she was just tired most of her life for those six and a half years that she was on dialysis. It was very hard. And, and during this time, you know, we're praying, like, Lord, help us. Like, help my mom get a kidney. She needs a kidney. So with a kidney, she will be healed from this. So we would pray for this all the time. And when we got checked initially, we got checked to see if our blood was compatible with my mom. Her antibodies were always so high that they would just fight, fight. The doctors actually told us that she will never get a kidney transplant. Like, it's too high, too risky. And I remember going um, to UCSF in San Francisco, and the doctor, one of the doctors, finally told my mom after she was in, on dialysis for six years, she said, you just need to live with the fact that you're never going to get a kidney. Because my mom was always so hopeful and praying. Have you ever felt like that? Like you're praying, you're being faithful, you're praying, why isn't something happened? Why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to go through this? You know, we can learn lessons from the story of the potter in Jeremiah 18. Have you read that story? It's a powerful story. But in that, in that the, these, this potter, it's a really fascinating story because you, know, you get molded and sometimes you get broken down and you need to restart. The potter needs to restart with us. But, but something interesting about this story is that the potter, do you know when he takes his hands off of us? Is when he puts us where? He puts us in the furnace. Sometimes we go through hard things. And the potter, which is God, takes his hands off of us. And to us, it appears like, where is God? I'm burning in here. Where is God? 
But God has his eyes on us because he's making something beautiful, right? That's how it is. That's how God is. This is a powerful story, the story of the potter. But that's how we felt. We're like, God, we're burning here. Like, my mom is going to die. Now, at this time, I told you I work with literature ministries. God was calling me. I had done Youth Rush, um, and, and God was calling me to this school in Arizona. And I was planning on going to PUC like my brother and my sister. No reason. Why am I going to go to Arizona? It's so far. My sisters, who are nurses, they told me, hey, my mom is probably going to die. She's going to die in the next few months. Just wait until she passes away. Then you can go to school and do whatever you want. And I was like, okay, that sounds reasonable. That sounds like it makes sense. That sounds logical. But I, I felt God calling me to go to Arizona. Like, what do you do in that situation? That was another trial in my life. Like, my mom's going to die. Should I just wait until she dies? Or should I go to Arizona and listen to God's calling? Very difficult situation. I ended up going to Arizona, away from my home. And when I went there, my sisters called me that same week and said, what are you doing? She was crying, my sister, my older sister, you're crying, my mom is going to die, why aren't you here? Just let her die, and then you can go back to doing whatever you want. And, and it was the hardest thing for me. You know what I decided to do? I decided to go and fast. I fasted for three days up in the mountains of Arizona. I fasted for three days in the mountains by myself, and um, I asked God, don't you know? Don't you know that my mom is dying? Why did you bring me all the way to Arizona when I'm going to miss her death? It was a very hard situation. You know what God told me? He said, I already told you what you need to do. Just trust me. I, I didn't like that answer. I didn't like that answer. So I, I went down the mountain and I said, I'm leaving. I packed my car. I'm going to leave this Bible school. I don't want to be here. I packed my car. I packed it all up. I put everything in my car. I was about to leave. And then a friend asked me, what are you doing? Are you okay? And I just broke down. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I need to obey God. I don't understand, but I need to obey God. And that's how it is for us, right? We don't understand it. It doesn't make logical sense, but we need to trust God in those situations. Are you with me? So this is what happened. When I was in that whole thing, I decided to call my mom and tell her, mom, I'm not going to go back. So I called her. I said, Mom, I can't go back home. I need to stay here for some reason. I don't know why. And as I'm talking to her, this comes out of my mouth. Mom, in December, you will have a kidney. And I said that. I'm like, oh, why did I say that? <laughs> I didn't know why I said that, but it came out of my mouth. So that happened. And we went on. And I was like, okay, well, in December, I hope she survives up to December. I don't know why that came out of my mouth, but I just hope that she survives up until December. And uh, I, I just went on, and uh, knowing that I was going to go back home in December. So all this happens to make a long story longer. I'm just kidding. I'll make it shorter. November, the end of November, I get a tap on my shoulder, and it's one of the teachers from the school. And they're like, everything's set. Everything's ready to go. I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, the surgery is ready. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And I, I didn't understand what she was saying. And you know what this teacher was doing? You want to know? Okay, I'm going to tell you then. You don't want to know? <laughs> you know what this teacher was doing? Behind our back, she would fly from Phoenix, Arizona to San Francisco. She got checked. She was a perfect match. 
December 10th, my mom received a kidney from this lady. Isn't God good? Like to me, it didn't make any sense at all. Like how in the world, why am I going to Arizona when my mom is going to die? No one is compatible with her blood. God takes me somewhere I don't want to go. And he saves my mom through that experience. Amen? Can you just give God the glory for that? He is good, brothers and sisters. We don't understand sometimes. And this is a, a quote I want to I read to you here. Notice what she says here. But faith is not sight. Faith is not feeling. This is real faith. Faith is not reality. Isn't that interesting? To abide in faith is to put aside feeling and selfish desires, to walk humbly with the Lord, to appropriate His promises and apply them to all occasions believing that God will work out his own plans and purposes in our heart and life by the sanctification of your character. It is to rely entirely, to, rely, to trust implicitly upon the faithfulness of God. God is faithful, and there's a reason why he allows us to go through things. So here is a surgery. That's from Google, actually. But it, it probably looked like that, right? Um, but this is my mom, Amen. and this is Amy who gave my mom her kidney. My mom. Isn't God good? God is really good. And um, my mom is really healthy now, and she's great. And we just celebrated another year that God gave her. December 10th was the surgery. So we just just know how good God is, and we're thankful for that. So once again, we're going to look at... Four reasons why we go through trials. Let me tell you something. Do you think we felt good as a family going through all of this situation? We felt like, oh yeah, like something's going to happen that's going to be good in the end. And we're like, we don't know that. We don't know that. Like something, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Like it's a very uh, difficult situation. So we're not sure. But let me remind you that without a test, you can't have a testimony, right? Without a test, you can't have a testimony, brothers. We need to remember that. God provides. So we're going to look at four reasons why trials are a blessing. Reason number one is that they make us stronger in God. Have you been through something hard in your life and it makes you stronger at the end? Maybe your trial could be a blessing to someone else. Your trial can actually strengthen someone else. I've shared this story, and it strengthens people's faith. And it was our trial, but it gets to strengthen you. What if your trial, whatever you're going through, whatever it is, whatever it might be, marital, financial, uh, health, whatever it is, it could actually benefit someone else. We need to change our mindset as to what trials are. We need to understand better this great controversy theme and, and why God permits us to go through trials. Notice what she says, no cross, no crown. One cannot be strong in the Lord and never experience trial. You prayed to be stronger in God, right? Maybe you prayed 2019, help me to be closer to God. Well, you can't grow without trials. Maybe the things that are happening in your life are because you prayed for them. You prayed to be stronger because you know what? When you have trial, it's going to make you stronger in Him. To have strong faith, we must be placed in circumstances where our faith will be called forth. Are you with me? Reason number one, makes us stronger. Reason number two is that God uses trials to humble us, which in the end will save us. Amen? Have you experienced this? 
sometimes you go through something hard and, and God is using it to, to humble us, you know? Sometimes we, we get very prideful and we, we're like, we have everything we need in this world. And God needs to remind us, hey, let me remind you that this is not the end of the road. This is not the end. This is not your world here. There's something better coming. Are you with me? Amen. God uses us to save us as well. And I was just thinking about this and pride in our lives. Sometimes uh, we think pride is okay, but we need to remember that. Why was Satan kicked out of heaven? He was full of pride. Satan was kicked out of heaven full of pride. How are we going to enter into heaven full of pride? It's not going to happen. That's why God allows us, because He loves us. He wants us to be in heaven with Him. He allows us to go through experiences that are going to humble us sometimes. It's because He loves us and wants to save us. Are you with me? That's number two, to humble us and save us. Number three is to develop us for the future. Are we living in a dangerous world today? I believe Jesus is coming closer He's so close to coming now. The, the world is, is crazy. The world is crazy. And prophecy is being fulfilled so quickly, rapidly, more than ever before. God sometimes allows us to go through stuff so He can develop us for the future. Notice what she says here, great controversy. It says, The season of distress and anguish before us will require a faith that can endure weariness, delay, and hunger. A faith that will not faint, though severely tried. What if God is just allowing you go, to go through something to make you stronger so that you can survive the last days? Yeah. Is that possible? Yeah. That is very possible. Maybe He's allowing us to go through that. And then the last reason, number four, is that God allows us to go through trials to create a desire for heaven in our hearts. Sometimes we have it too good, as I was saying. But God allows us to go through heartache and go through difficult situations. He's trying to cleanse us so that we don't want this world anymore. And we want the better world so that we'll want the better country. Amen? Amen? Trials is a part of the education given in the school of Christ to purify God's children from the dross of earthliness. It is because God is leading His children that trying experiences come to them. It is because God is leading you. If nothing if everything was okay, then you should worry. Right? You should worry then. Are you with me? Was this simple? Four simple reasons, right? What were the reasons again? Number one, make us stronger. Number two, to save us and humble us, right? And number three, develop us for the future. And number four, creates a desire in heaven for us. That's right. That's what we need to remember. We need to change our mindset to what trials are. A few other things here. Um, you know, God allows us to go through things so that we can look forward to the second coming. Like, when I, when I lost my father, one of the most difficult situations of my life, of my young life, is losing my father. And when that happened, all I wanted to do was study, study the Word and get to know Him, get to know God so that I can see my dad again. That's what it created in my heart. And, and so many times, that's, that's what needs to happen to us. And we don't understand always. Like, things always don't, sometimes don't make sense. And sometimes they don't have a happy ending in our understanding. But we need to remember that God sees a bigger picture than us. Notice this. Notice this. Are you with me? Can you read that? 
Notice this. This is really powerful. It says, all that has perplexed us in the providence of God. Have you been perplexed in the providence of God before? Like, have things not made sense? Yeah? Okay. Will, in the world to come, be made plain. You will understand why it is that your life was the way it was at those times. The things, notice this, notice this. The things hard to be understood will then find explanation. Amen? The mysteries of grace will unfold before us where our finite minds discovered only confusion, right? You might be confused right now. You might not understand why you're going through this. And broken promises, I felt like that before. I felt like that during the time when we were going with this through my mom. Like it was years of this. And it felt like a broken promise. Like, God, why aren't you listening to me? We shall see the most perfect and beautiful harmony. We shall know that infinite love ordered the experiences that seemed most trying. God is trying to save us. He's trying to save us eternally. It might cause us to be uncomfortable for a little while. It might cause us to cry. It might cause us to hate life sometimes. But you know what? God is working it out. He's wanting to see us saved. Are you with me? You know, we have a friend who never fails. And he understands what we're going through. You know that Jesus in Isaiah 53 was known as a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Jesus understands when we go through hard things. He understands that he's there with us. And notice what he says here. Like we can come to Jesus. He is our friend. As the Bible says, he is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Right? Notice this. Though through all our trials, which have never been fully revealed to others. Now there's, I know this for a fact, all of us have things that we would not dare tell someone else. Right here, we would not dare tell someone else what we're going through. For whatever reasons, embarrassment, whatever it might be. But there's someone you can talk to, and that's Jesus. You can go with him. Though our trials, through our trials, which have never been fully revealed to others, we have an infinite, unfailing friend who has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Amen? Praise God for Jesus. We can go to him. We can go to him. He is our friends. But some of you say, you know what? That mistake I made was my fault. How can God use this situation even though I, it was my fault? Like, it wasn't God's fault. Or it, just, it was my fault. I caused those things. You know that God does not leave us still? He does not leave us still. Notice what she says here. It says, if in our ignorance we make missteps or mistakes, Christ does not leave us. Amen? amen? Someone should say amen for that. God does not leave us. When we make mistakes, He does not leave us. He is there for us. I'm just thankful for this. Just remember these four things, very simple things. Like we need to change our mindset when we experience trials and not be like, ah, because it's so easy for me to do that. And I need to be reminded every day, like, you know what? It's okay. It's happening. God is allowing it to happen for a reason. He's allowing it, he, he's, he's allowing it for a reason. And I want to leave you this thought as I, as I leave. And um, I'm using a lot of spirit of prophecy, but I think our church desperately needs guidance in the last days. Um, so I, I hope you don't mind. Um, we, should not, we should not dishonor the Lord by a mournful relation of our trials that appear grievous. We should not dishonor our Lord by what? Mournful relation. Of our trials that appear grievous. 
Now notice this. This is key. This actually helped me change my mindset against trials. She says, all trials that are received as educators will produce joy. So when you, when you have a trial, you just have to be, and, and realize in your mind, you know what? This is an education process. God is trying to educate me. He's trying to make me stronger. He's trying to prepare me for the future. He's trying to make me more like Him. He's trying to prepare me for heaven. He's trying to make me love heaven more than earth. We need to think about these things. All trials that are received as what? Educators will produce joy. Amen? So I hope that we remember these things. Remember, you know what? There are trials. This world is a mess. But God still uses those bad situations and turns them into something beautiful. And He might be doing that in your life right now. Don't forget that. Amen? Why don't we pray to finish this? But how many of you want to trust God? Like, you know what, God, I don't understand why I'm going through this. It doesn't make sense. It seems like a broken promise, but I trust. I'm going to trust. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on to you. Amen? You want to do that? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we just want to give ourselves to you, Lord. So many times we don't understand and we want to give up. But Lord, help us remember that you're working out something beautiful. I'm lucky. I'm really blessed because you, you allowed me to see this story with my mom here on earth. Some people here will never get to see the, result, uh, the results or the, the conclusion of what we're going through or the answered prayers until we get to heaven. But help us to trust you no matter what. Help us to trust that you are working out something good in our lives. Lord, this is my prayer. We give ourselves to you this morning. In your name, amen.